You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Michael Kist. Are you caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak. You never listen! It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kist and Solak Show. This is episode 122, brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation. My name is Michael Kist, and I am your host today, here with Benjamin Solak. Follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. Ben, how you doing, brother? Mike, everything is delicious. Thank you for asking. It's a good day. It's a college football Saturday. It's an abbreviated uh, return here to the uh, preview show, but I enjoyed sitting in your chair for a day. It was fun. Those SIS boys are funny. Yeah, thank you for filling in for me as uh, as I was dealing with some some sickness and whatnot. So this will be, as Ben alluded to, a, an abbreviated show just to get it in there, get our predictions out and whatnot. So we're sorry this isn't the full scale Kiss and Solak preview that you've become accustomed to here at BGN. But let's dive right into this thing, Ben. Let's talk about this matchup because there's a lot of questions. And I think the most interesting storyline of the week for the Eagles is how effective this passing game can be against the Lions. Working against the Eagles is, of course... Their depleted wide receiver group and depleted. How dare you dis- besmirch Greg Ward in this way, sir? We <laughs> have known. We have been here. That? Yes. Wait. Have you not seen this? No, I haven't. The Eagles man. have IR. So they've, they've IR Jordan Mailata, and I believe like a corresponding move brought on to the active roster Gregory Ward Jr., who I have known and. Never wavered would one day actually take a snap for the Eagles in like a legit offensive capacity. We're very excited. So I can imagine that Slay is now going to want to shadow Greg Ward Jr. Slay. Absolutely. Top five corner for QB rating allowed when targeted per PFF this year after two weeks. And last week, the the Lions had Slay shadow Keenan Allen a good deal. I think they're very similar, Greg Ward and Keenan Allen. But Allen primarily found success in the slot when it was against Slay. The Cardinals also had most of their success with Larry Fitzgerald working from the slot. So I think with Slay likely not traveling with anybody, Rashawn Melvin is playing good ball on the other side and is leading the league with six passes defensed, according to Sports Info Solutions. What you're left with in the passing game is Nelson Aguilar against Justin Coleman. You're also smashing Zach Ertz if you're playing Daily Fantasy. I was checking out Evan Silva's weekly matchup column on EstablishedRun.com, friends of the Mm -hmm. show. Go check them out. But he noted the 16 targets for Ertz and that he now leads the league in air yards for tight ends. I think he's going to have a big day if the Eagles offense is going to be successful. And he's going to see some Quandre digs in this game. And he hasn't been tested a whole lot in the air this year. But last year, he gave up three touchdowns to the air. It's kind of uneven. But I'll tell you, and th- this is a bit of an aside, Diggs really stood out to me on tape when watching this defense. Guy was a six-round selection 2015 draft as a corner, made the transition to safety, Looks marvelous process in the action in front of him. And while he's sub 200, 
this dude is not afraid to bang or come down and make a play. Yeah. He brings against wide receivers, running backs, tight ends. He's sifting through offensive linemen on screens to come up and shut him down. Dude's a tough player that can miss now every now and then with his tackling. But then overall, I was impressed by his play style. Ben, success for the Eagles. Is it Zachert centric? Is it Nelly centric? Does Mac Collins need to break out? Is Alshon Jeffrey actually going to play as Peterson suggested is possible on Friday? Same with Goddard. Maybe the run game gets going out of nowhere. There's a lot of unknown out there, Ben. What does success for the Eagles look like for you if it happens? It's interesting because the the Lions, like if I say like all like defensive minds, like you know, like guys like you know, good defensive coordinators in the league, like people are gonna throw Vic Fangio out at you and rightfully so. They're gonna throw Sean McDermott out at you and rightfully so, and everything like that. You might hear Matt Patricia, and I just to me, he runs he like man coverage is not hard to scheme run man coverage he runs so <laughs> much man coverage and he has a secondary to do it. i mean they've invested in this secondary they made justin coleman one of the highest paid nickel corners in the league they draft tracy walker they retain quandra Diggs, darius slay obviously as you said one of the top corners in the league but they're gonna go man-to-man coverage on you so success looks like the philadelphia running uh, and feeding those targets who are at their best against man coverage that is not nelson aguilar that is mm-hmm. zach Ertz, alshon yep. if you can get him uh, and mm-hmm. hypothetically, J.J. Artega Whiteside. Whiteside is yeah. a, in college was a good man beater. He wins in contested situations. He generates good leverage. That's something that actually I, I was talking about a bit on, on Twitter the other day because I was bringing up this data viz from Next Gen Stats that shows that Carson Wentz has attempted more tight window throws, more throws with a, a, a player within one yard of the receiver, a defender within one yard of the receiver than anybody else in the league from 2016 to 2018. And I was kind of asked, well, why? You know, as compared to Kansas City, which has like the fewest uh, uh, tight window throws for Patrick Mahomes. And it's in large yeah. part because of the Eagles personnel, Alshon, Ertz, and Ar- Artega Whiteside, three players that I named is really good at uh, winning against man coverage, don't win by running away from people or with insane route running. They win with size, strength, physicality at the catch point and by playing with leverage. And so the Eagles against man will, will throw into tight windows. They will throw into contested situations and you're going to need Zach Ertz as he regularly does to win those those situations are are they a white side especially if if jeffrey can't go needs to show that he can bring that from the college level man this uh this would be the djax game which i know washington was the djax game but this would be the djax game i mean they they don't have a corner who can run with them slay is good but he can't run with them and they won't help they won't bracket i don't think they wouldn't bracket deshaun you can't with the, no. the number of Eagles weapons. So this would have been a huge game to have Jackson. I think the addition of Greg Ward will hopefully allow Aguilar to be the quasi topper, take things off, you know, run deep, let Ward run the short routes, let Ward run the intermediate stuff out of the slot and let Aguilar truly be your deep guy opening things up. Matt Collins, let's not forget, can do that as well. Matt Collins is a true 4-4 player. Uh, he didn't run a 4-4-40 coming out of UNC in large part due to injury, but this is a guy who was timed in the 4-4s in training as a Tar Heel. And so we should see Aguilar and Mack take on those roles of being that field stretcher. They're not going to be able to provide what Jack Mooner provided, obviously. So yes, the Eagles are depleted at pass catcher, but also irregardless, not irregardless, it's not a word, regardless (laughs) of who the Eagles would have been toting at wide receiver, Lions are going to play man coverage. Yeah. So you 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 go to your man beaters who are there, and that's Ertz primarily at Artega Whiteside, especially if, if Jeffrey's out. Yeah, I think Ertz is going to have uh, a monster game regardless of the result. He's definitely going to get fed. And Ben, I, I was looking at the at the film for the Lions, and I'll kind of transition to the run game here. But I don't know if you saw this in the Chargers game, but quarter one there was like two thirty six left. It's third and three. 
The Lions do just overall, they do some bizarre things, man. But they've got the 330 pound Ashawn Robinson out on the edge. On the other side is Romero Darkwa, who's 263, snacks at the nose. Romero or Romeo? Romeo Darkwa? Or it's Romero? Romeo Oquara. Romeo Oquara. Romeo Oquara. Orleans Darkwa. Romeo Oquara. <laughs> You're trying to combine those two names into one player. Okay. Okay, you You're have right. one guess as to what Romeo Aquara's middle name is, and if you get it, I will actually give you $1,000. Equinemius. Is he one of the Equinemius clans? It's blue. <laughs> what? <laughs> Romeo right. Blue Aquara. Okay. And guess what? He's played for the Giants and for the Lions. That's amazing. Okay. Interesting. Good note. Good note. I'm glad. Good screw up and uh, good catch. So, look, <laughs> part of that rep that I was talking about, Ashawn on the edge. Dude looked like he was about 100 pounds lighter rushing the passer right there. I know he sent you this clip. He hits the stab, hits the forklift, and he meets Aquara, who is doing a bull rush in the middle. It's honestly one of the darndest things I've seen since Western Illinois put 324-pound Kalen Saunders on the edge against North Dakota State last year. So that's fun. But look, he had some really solid reps in the run game, Robinson did, against Arizona working from the nose, showed the ability to control and disengage while peeping in the backfield. Solid player in the teeth of that defense to go along with two studs in Snacks Harrison and Mike Daniels. And that might cause some problem for the Eagles in their run game. Right now, they rank 25th in football outsider stuff rank, which is the frequency in which their running backs are being tackled at or behind the line of scrimmage. That's not good. They're 26th in adjusted line yards. Mike Groh on Thursday said what we've all been saying out loud since the pre-draft process, at least me and you since way back then, is that Miles Sanders is bouncing too many runs prematurely. He's got to get better at that. He's got to get more discipline as a runner. Isaac Siamalu is public enemy number one after a very good week one performance, followed by getting slapped, dominated by Grady Jarrett in week two. If the Eagles can't help with the run game and they're consistently stuck behind the chains, Remember that only one of seven first and ten runs from last week were successful. It's going to put Carson Wentz in some precarious situations, and he's going to have to be third in Wentz yet again, or it'll be another sputtering offensive performance. Here's my thing with that. I don't know if you agree with this, so mm. this might be out there. I think run independent of how well they run the ball, I think the play-action game and the RPO game is going to be out of this world, and here's why I think that. Yeah. The Lions... Like I, I, maybe, maybe it's because I'm so used to watching a penetrating upfield cutoff flow defense in Philadelphia, and honestly, most defenses in the league. But the way that Matt Patricia and the Lions' defensive line slow plays in two gaps against the run is fascinating to me. Yeah, I mean, against basic zone flow, the Lions' defensive tackles are not asked to get across face, which yeah. is highly irregular it's the exact opposite of the eagles we talk about the eagles yeah. being a penetrating upfield defense this is the polar opposite right. so so i say two gapping defensive tackles so your your defense tackle are very frequently lined up as, as two techniques so head up on a guard head to head right across from a guard let's say it's zone flow to the defensive tackles right well the the, the lions do not task do not ask do not require do not encourage their defensive tackles to try to get to the right side of that guard they're yeah. allowed to sit on the back side of that guard maintain leverage there and be prepared for a cutback so who's potentially forcing the cutback the linebackers the lions defense asks the world of its linebackers and here's the thing they've selected gerard davis to be a sideline to sideline fast flow fast to fill linebacker here's a problem he doesn't see it quick yeah so then they drafted jelani tavaya to hawaii 6'4 245 whatever this kid was huge arms big strength to be a fast to flow fast to fill linebacker here's a problem mike he doesn't see it quick. Right. They drafted Jalen Reeves Maven as a flyer fourth round out of Tennessee who's partially injured, but he had good film and he sees it pretty quick. But he's not the whole 
Game Caboodle. You know, he's not the whole solution to the problem here. So you have the Lions simply asking the world, again, of their linebackers in run defense. And accordingly, against wide zone looks, against even basic zone looks, against anything that's flow hard, those linebackers, I mean, they have to run. They've got to go. They've got to get on their horse and and attack that. And the Eagles are going to run a lot of RPO concepts behind those linebackers in play action. I think that, you know, we talked about the Zach Ertz game. This could be another one of those 12, 13, 14 target games for Zach Ertz, where it's Mm. just eight-yard stick, six-yard hitch, eight-yard slant. Exactly. Because you're going to get them. In my opinion, the, the, the Lions have one linebacker who can nicely survive his responsibility, and that's Kristen Jones who is like a no-name dude out of Chicago, yeah. who I did not know if I was very impressed with on film. Other than that, I mean, Tavai's young and still figuring it out. Reese Maven is young and still figuring it out. Draw Davis is young and can't figure it out. Mm. They, they very inconsistent pass coverage play from their linebackers. And you'll see, like, on clear passing down situations, what do they do? They rotate those linebackers down to the outside. They get Jelani Tavai on the outside. They get Christian Jones on the outside. They'll take Quandre Diggs. They'll take uh, Miles Killebrew, and they'll put him up as a quasi-dime linebacker. And they try to get those linebackers out of pass coverage responsibility because they don't, they're not comfortable with them in conflict. <laughs> so I think the Eagles are first and 10, second and 10, going to throw the ball all over the short middle of the field. And so to me, this is going to be one of those games where the Eagles have... 16 rush attempts for mm. 43 yards 10 of what could have been rushing attempts are going to be rpo poles that pick up an average of eight yards of play right and so this is this, this is where i think that understanding the the rpo game as an extension of the running game right the eagles didn't run the ball well yeah well a lot of their running plays are tagged with passing plays that are often better choices so it's a it, like that passing play was a good run. Why? Because we elected not to run the football and throw it instead. Uh, so I think the, 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 the Lions, again, man coverage, typically the way that you try to beat out RPOs is by sticking guys man to man. But if you put those linebackers in conflict with the run responsibility and then dealing with Zach Ertz, I think he's going to eat them alive. Uh, and then the Eagles have, have well-designed RPOs for a long time. So I think the RPO game is going to be a big part of the Eagles rushing attack. In that, it's going to take away rushing attempts and make it passing attempts instead. Yeah, this is going to be one of those games where the media asked Doug, why was there only two or three rushing attempts in the fourth quarter? He's going to say, look, four or five of those were RPOs and and they went passes. So that's what happens. And I I agree with you. Uh, A lot of RPOs, a lot of play action, because we only saw three play action passes last year because they had to throw the whole 12 personnel menu in the garbage can coming into the game. So we're going to see more than three play action passes in this game, especially with what you mentioned about the linebackers. So those are the main points there. On the Detroit Lions defense, again, we apologize for the abbreviated version here, but when we come back here on the Kist and Solak show, we are going to be talking about our predictions for Sunday's game. We'll be right back. And we are back on the Kist and Solak show, episode 122, brought to you by SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation, Michael Kist here with Benjamin Solak. Ben, from what I have seen here on this website that I'm on, no free ads, the line has shifted down from six to five and a half in favor of the Eagles with the over under of 45 and a half. In the first part of the preview, when we looked at the Lions offense, we said that they'd hit the over of 20 points. Both of us did. So both of us were pretty confident that the Lions would score over 20. Let's keep it at the same score projection from Vegas, saying that they're going to call it around a 26 to 20 win for the Eagles. Do the Eagles hit over 26 points? against this 11th-ranked DVOA defense in Detroit, and what's your final score prediction? No. (laughs) Oh, boy. I think it's going to be like 23-21. I think it's going to be tight. Wait, you you have my you have my score prediction, but who do you have winning? Do you want to explain why first, or you have the Lions winning? Do you have the Lions winning? No, I have the Eagles winning. I'm not that bold yet in week three. Okay, 
I had the Lions winning. Yeah, I thought you might. I, I went I went on the over twenty points for for Detroit, and I'm going to go under on the twenty six for the Eagles. I just have too many questions about what the Eagles are right now because right. due to a number of factors, including injury, this isn't the cream of the crop for the NFC that many thought it was entering the season. Not right away, right now anyway. And right. maybe that's a harsh assessment. And I'd love to eat those words over the next couple of games that happen within five days of each other. But we're going to find out a lot about this team in those next five days. But for me, right now, I'm unconvinced. And I really haven't felt good about this particular game since I started digging into the Lions offense earlier in the week. Yeah, it's the Lions are a better team than I thought they were. The Eagles are not going to be as good of a team this week as we you know think because of all the injury. I think it's going to be another Carson Wentz hero performance. I think the big reason that people aren't thinking about in terms of why the Eagles are likely in, in, in a tough spot here, it's not the injuries. It's not the inconsistent play of the corners. It's not the lack of the pass rush. It's the fact that Jalen Ramsey will not be allowed to play because he played on Thursday night, you know, <laughs> thing after the Eagles trade for him on Saturday. Right, um, right. Now, it's uh, right. I don't think it's going to be a pretty game. At the end of the day, the Eagles are not going to look worse and less prepared on offense than they did against the Falcons. They know who they're actually going to have healthy this time, right? Yeah. So you expect the offense to be a little bit better, just purely in that regard. And then even in that Falcons game with a lack of preparation and with the impromptu game plan with a melting pot of the weapons, just like random pieces hither and thither, you know, like putting it together, you know, there's like a conglomeration of guys. Mm-hmm. Even with that, Carson Wentz put together a really strong second half performance after a weak first half and got the Eagles sure. not only back in the game, but, you know, like left the field with the lead there in the fourth quarter. Uh, so... I think it's going to be another game where while it's going to be one possession, I don't think the Eagles are going to win a lead for the whole thing and like, you know, like dominate whatever like that. I do have trust enough in Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson, and the Eagles offense, knowing what they have available to them this time to be able to pull it out. So I will take them 23-21. I do think it's going to be close. So you've got it 23-21 Eagles. I have the same score. Just flip it for the Lions. Uh, I I think despite some cowardly field goals from the Lions that they still eke it out. Eagles go one and two. Set your lasers to panic with an uber-important game against the Packers right over the horizon as the Eagles fight to salvage their first quarter of the season. Ben, I think that's going to cover it from me. Would you say goodbye or have any last thoughts for the the gentle listeners entering this game? Justin Coleman is good. Rashawn Melvin is bad. Uh, We got to get... Dude, he's... He's got a lot of credit for for passes, defense, then whatnot, and like like the results have been okay. He's a little suspect. Mike Williams put him on his butt on a route <laughs> yeah. against the Chargers on third down, which was hilarious. Like ten yards yeah. down the field, it was not legal, but it was really funny. And Kennard's playing really good ball as well. Yeah, uh, nice. yeah, yeah. So they, yeah. So I, if you can get Melvin isolated backside or Thigo Whiteside, that's the move. That's what yeah. I would like to target. I'm very scared of Kenny Galladay and T.J. Hawkinson. Well, that I'm was very yeah, that was Thursday, Michael. I know. I'm just saying this is overall predictions now. I'm just they'll saying be, they'll be my... they'll be they'll be okay against Hawk. They'll be fine against Hawk because they're not going to put it a, into existence. They're not going to put a linebacker on him. They wouldn't. They wouldn't put well, Nate they, Gary on him. No, yeah, no, God, no, please. If no. they do, but like I said, they're going to find themselves in so much base they might not have a choice sometimes. Like that's an issue, Malcolm. I hope so. I hope it's Malcolm all day. I'm saying if they're in base, they're going to go single high with Jan, with with McLeod, and they're going to put yeah. Malcolm down in the box. They're going to put him strong over the tight end. Yeah, because if they sure. if they put Gary strong and they leave Malcolm Wink weak, I'm gonna actually, <laughs> I will like I will get legitimately upset online. Yeah, I mean, what do you have? What happens though when you have Y Y Wing and you've got Jesse James and T J Hawkinson and then Snake Gary and then you have different releases? That's, that's, just I follow. Don't, don't yeah, care. No, I mean, no, no. I, I mean, agree. like, well, you're probably yeah. I mean, like, I'm saying if it's man and you're gonna put Malcolm or Hawkinson, if you're gonna get 
right tight end wing on, on one side then yeah you're gonna probably be in a situation where you have to play zone yeah i'm just saying i like if they they're, they're, <laughs> they cannot ask gary to carry hawkinson down the field you I can't agree. do it you have to at some point stop and just say no especially against play action nate gary will still right. be getting into his first uh, uh drop step while hawkinson's in the end zone if i see hawk on <laughs> if i see gary on hawk in pure man coverage once in the first half. Hmm. Where's this game? Philadelphia or Detroit? Philadelphia. Philadelphia. I will start driving to Philadelphia. <laughs> and I will make it there by halftime. And I'll be waiting in the so, locker room for Jimbo. Right, Jimbo? Listener of brother. the show? Friend of the pod? <laughs> we have that words. Um, yeah. I think that so I think it's a big thing. Also, if there's a running back who plays well, it's Jordan Howard, not Miles Sanders. Because Agreed. interior runs and breaking tackles against defensive backs is how the Lions have given up big runs thus far. Hmm. And that screams mm-hmm. Jordan Howard. Those are my takes. Okay. Oh, I have to Love say goodbye. It. I just goodbye. Yeah. Hello. Uh, thank you as always for listening to the Kiston Soul Life Show here on BGN Radio. We do appreciate you swinging by. As Mike said, we played a little game with the schedule there at the end of the weekend, but you are now fully previewed up for the Detroit Lions against the Eagles in Week Three. Of course, that is only if you also listen to the Babes on Broad Preview and the BGN Radio Main Show Preview. So go ahead and grab those podcasts as well. Eagles one o'clock against the Detroit Lions. We will have the immediate recap show for you on Sunday night, so that while you're waiting to figure out how you felt about the game. You can know that soon your feelings are coming, supplied by us. If you enjoyed the show, please go ahead and leave a rating, a review, and a subscription. Only five-star ratings will work. The other ones just don't even go into the system. They just vanish into the into the emptiness. Uh, we are friends. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Forever. We all we got. We all we need. Fly, Eagles, fly. Cheese.